Hello, and welcome to Career Talk with OG, where we empower you so opportunities come to you. Through our series of podcasts, we will give you relevant, practical, actionable career tips and strategies. We believe that through the act of storytelling, we can deliver relatable and authentic talks that allow listeners to gain real-world insight into the career journeys of industry professionals. With our very own Sasson, we bring to you Career Talk with OG. So anyways, like I was saying, I started uh, my company about four years ago and I focus primarily on two things. Number one, I do LinkedIn career and branding. Uh, welcome, come on in. I'd probably sit over here, you guys, I would encourage. Um, so I do LinkedIn career branding uh, training for students, professionals, and uh, businesses, uh, entrepreneurs. And then I also do contract work in the area of community relations and workforce development. Today, I'm going to be talking to you on the, the, uh, uh, some of the basics of setting up your LinkedIn uh, profile. And then also, I'm going to be talking about how you can position yourselves so that you attract opportunities to you, whether those are internships, whether those are jobs. And you notice that I said that I'm going to teach you how to position yourself so you attract. Because most people out there, 98% of the people out there, they beg a company to hire them. I refer to it that they panhandle for their next opportunity. And I don't know about you, but I don't like to beg. Remember in high school, senior year, we probably knew someone or, you know, like a, a top athlete. And usually that athlete, what would happen? Schools, universities would recruit him, right? Hey, come, come play for us. And I mean, that was pretty cool. And now you know, you're probably thinking, well, yeah, Oscar, of course, because they're a top athlete. Okay, true. Now let me ask you this then. When you apply for an internship or a job, are you not telling that prospective employer that you are the best candidate? Or are you telling them that you suck? No, of course you're telling them you're the best candidate, right? Then what's the problem? How come you're not being recruited then? It's because, in my opinion, many of us don't know how to market ourselves. And I'm going to teach you how to do that as well, okay? Save your questions to the end just because I do have quite a bit of material to cover, all right? Uh, I only have one shot with you guys, all right? So I want to make sure I give you as much information. Um, like I said, afterwards, uh, if you want to sign up um, for a 30-minute um, consultation with me, I'll be available. And like I mentioned, Mohammed, if you can write up there on the board, 12. Oh, okay, they're getting the markers. Okay, okay, sounds good. Okay, I'll be right outside. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. So, folks, this is the agenda. I'm going to be talking about building your brand, creating your profile, growing your connections, sharing content, and then I'm going to save the best for last, and that is the internships and jobs. Many of, many, uh, many of you want to go like, okay, just tell me, Oscar, what I need to do to get an internship and job. Listen, you, there's things that you got to prepare yourself. If you're going to run a, a, a marathon, you don't just show up the day of the marathon, you know, and like, hey, I'm ready to run. No, you got to work out before, okay? So that's what I'm going to teach you. Okay, so first off, how many of you in here have a LinkedIn account? Raise your hand. Okay, awesome. So what and why LinkedIn? What is LinkedIn? Let me give you the OG, the Oscar Garcia version of, uh, of LinkedIn. 
It is, I want you to think of LinkedIn like a career journey blog. We all know what a blog is, right? Okay, now what happens if we go visit a blog and the last time it was updated was six months ago? We're kind of kind of wonder like, wow, how, how current is this? How you know, active is this person updating stuff? Um, we might give, him, give, it, give it a second chance and go back a week or two, whatever, a month later and revisit it. And if it still hasn't been updated, we're probably going to lose interest and go somewhere else. Okay? So blogs typically are meant to be kept current, updated. Okay? Now, why career journey? Because everything you've been doing up to this point and what you do until you retire or whatever is part of your journey, your career journey. So LinkedIn, think of it as something that is fluid. It's going to be changing. And some stuff, after a while, you're going to remove it, update it, et cetera. Okay? Some people, they just treat it like, a, like a, a resume, which is like a snapshot of whatever it is that you're doing up to this point. And then they don't change it anymore. They leave it like that. It gets moldy. Also, why LinkedIn? Okay? One, LinkedIn is a premier um, platform, grab a seat, is a premier platform to find um, opportunities out there. If there's another platform tomorrow, well then we can talk about that uh, as well. But here's the thing, most of you are gonna, in your lifetime, are gonna have anywhere from 10 to 15 jobs. The days of working for the same company for 20, 25, 30 years and retiring, that's going away, it's changing. A lot of companies are, are moving towards project-based um, employment, meaning it's kind of like a sports team, right? Right now, football season is over, but you know the, the scouts are out there. They're trying out players. And what's the goal of every team? To put together the best team so that they can win the Super Bowl. Basketball playoffs are going on. Once the season is over, same thing. Some players they keep, some they don't. They find, well, guess what? Companies, what they're doing is they have a project they go out and find the best talent for the different roles. Once the project is over, six months, a year, three years, or however long it is, then they let go of some of those people and they might keep some of them on board. Okay? So you need to get good at knowing how to market yourself. Because whether you like it or not, you're not going to have that job. Next, 94% of recruiters are active on LinkedIn, yet only 36% of candidates are active on LinkedIn. And here's the thing, even a smaller percentage of students are active on LinkedIn. Yeah, see Oscar, why do I need to then be on LinkedIn? I'm a student, like, I, I mean, why? Because you're looking at it from the wrong perspective. Let me give you an example. Let's say I have a sack full of money here and there's only two of you in here. And just for math purposes, there's 100, $100 bills in the sack, and there's two of you. And I say, hey, I empty it out, I'm like, hey, guys, go at it. Take as much as you can. Statistically saying is you're probably gonna leave with 50-50. 50 bucks each, right? Now, you add all of you in here, or more, I don't know, some of you might walk out with nothing. But certainly, odds are probably not gonna be 50-50, okay? So what's my point? My point is, is that because of the fact that there aren't a lot of college students yet on LinkedIn, it's a great opportunity for you to stand out, okay? Lastly, most people apply for a job online. 
yet you have a 3% three chance of getting an interview if you apply online. But if you are referred to an opportunity and that person is at a director level or higher in the organization, you have a 91% chance of getting hired. I said hired, not an interview. Then why do people keep applying online then if they, well, based on, because Oscar, that's what it says. The instructions, you know, and you know, the company says that I need to apply online. Listen, dude, you don't listen to your parents. <laughs> so, I'll tell you a true story. I applied for a job, I, I used to work in tech, about 12 years, all startups, and I got laid off and from one of the companies and uh, I saw uh, an inside sales position at this company uh, online. And same thing, I said, you know, hey, submit your resume online, blah, 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 apply. But I said, you know what? I'm gonna use the skills that I have as an inside salesperson to get my, uh, to identify and talk to the hiring manager. Sure enough, I got through the gatekeeper and all that and, hi, this is John. Oh, hi, John, Oscar Garcia, I see you have a position online for inside sales rep and, you know, I uh, understand you're the hiring manager. Yeah? Um, hey, just wondering if this is a good time. Can I ask you some questions about the, the, the position, the company? Hey, don't you know how to follow directions? Click. I was like, ouch. I think I just lost this opportunity. <laughs> okay? And, and I did. He blackballed me. And at first I was bummed because I was like, oh, man. Like, what am I going to do now? Like, I just lost this opportunity. But all of a sudden, I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, Oscar. You just used the skills to get past the gatekeeper, to identify the hiring manager, the decision maker, the same skills that he's going to want you to use if you were to get hired at his company, and he just, he, he just poo-pooed on you? Forget him. Go find another opportunity. That's not the kind of value. That's that type of manager I want to work for. Folks, know your values. Next, you already use a lot of these tools that are necessary to make a kick-butt profile. What do I mean? You guys recognize these, social media? Some of you, the minute your eyeballs open up, you start scanning your Facebook, you know, or you update your Facebook profile picture a gazillion times, you know, because that picture made you look skinny and you love it, and you beautified it. Took up all the wrinkles, okay? Folks, here's the thing. Many of you in here, are really good with technology. Where you are lacking is knowing how to use technology as a tool. Nothing wrong with social media, but most of you use it socially for fun instead of a business tool to promote your brand and attract opportunities. It's like imagine this is a screwdriver. I am not mechanically inclined. I can barely put together IKEA furniture. But you give that same screwdriver to a general contractor and he or she's gonna make money with that same screwdriver. And see, the difference between you and me, I use social media to make money. Most of you are using social media to show your pictures of you drinking upside down margaritas. Yes? Stay tuned, because I'm going to get to a part where I'm going to talk about this great question about sharing content. Okay, okay? and then also, um, if you're interested 
uh, we can schedule a time afterwards and one on one and I can maybe you can show me some of your social media accounts and I can give you some more um, specific uh, recommendations. Okay? You're welcome. Okay? Next, many of you also already have some of the critical information that's needed to create a great profile. For example, in college, you're working or doing, have, doing volunteer work experience. Well, guess what? On LinkedIn, there's a section also called work and volunteer experience. Letters of recommendation. You're, you know, if you applied to, for scholarships or a position or, you know, if you're going to transfer, depending on the university, some of them might ask for letters of recommendation. Well, guess what? On LinkedIn, there's also a section called skills and recommendation. And then on a resume, right, your career objectives. On LinkedIn, it's called a summary. You write it a little bit differently. But my whole point, folks, is don't look at LinkedIn like, oh my gosh, it's like this, this platform with just professionals, how do I do it? It's like, I just want to make sure that you understand that you already know how to use the tools and you have some of the critical information. I'm just going to teach you how to make the right ingredients, okay? All right, let's get into it. The foundation in my opinion, to position yourself so you attract opportunities starts with your brand, your professional brand, okay? What is your brand? It is, it is what people say about you when you're not around. What do they think about you? Now, a lot of people like to come up with all these different things about what brand is. I just like to keep things really, really simple. In my opinion, there are four main things that make up your brand. Number one, it's your image. Just like right now, you're looking at me as I'm looking at you, and you are forming an opinion of me. Maybe you like me, maybe you don't like the fact that I'm dressed casual or whatever, okay? Maybe you don't like my name. Maybe you're already making fun of my name. Maybe you're already calling me Oscar Mayer Wiener. Whatever, okay? Same thing, online, what people find about us or don't find about us online forms an opinion of us. Now, I believe we have, to a certain extent, the ability to influence, impact those first impressions. Now, we all have our biases by which we filter those things, okay? But first impressions, your image. Number two, your mission. Or another way to think about it is your why. Why do you do what you do? Why are you majoring in mechanical engineering? Why are you majoring in computer science? Why are you business, majoring in business administration? And let me tell you something. When you are interviewing for an opportunity, your why should be what's in it for the company, not what's in it for you. Most people, when you ask them the why, they talk about what's in it for them. I don't give a rip. Just like right now, you don't give a rip about my talk. You came in here because you want to get something for you. You didn't come over here and be like, thumbs up, Oscar, or you know what, thumbs down on your presentation. No, it's what's in it for you. Number three, your values. I kind of touched upon that a little bit, okay? Like, folks, every company out there has what they call a company culture. The more your values are in line with that company's culture, one, the happier you're going to be if you do get that opportunity. Okay? Number two is during the interview process, it's going to come across that there's a synergy. Think about a time when you met someone for the first time. And after you're done talking to them for whatever, three minutes, five minutes, you're like, man, I feel like we've known each other. I feel like we're brothers. Like my brother. My brother was in the Marines. Their saying is, once a Marine, always a Marine. Runs into another Marine, it's like there's that brotherhood. Air Force, too, I bet. Or whatever. It's that. That culture.
culture, you know, similarities, those values. And then lastly, your vision. Where are you going? Can you tell me what, you're, what you want to do a year from now, two years maybe? I'm not here to be like Anthony Robbins and like, hey, dude, tell me what your 20-year plan. Dude, I can barely tell you what I'm going to have for lunch today, okay? But you do need to have some knowledge of where you're going and be able to communicate that and tie it to your brand and who you are. Let me give you an example of what I mean by that. Here's a scenario. Okay, so startups. When startups go to a venture capitalist, right, they're looking for money, okay? But here's the scenario. So these folks have this crazy idea, and they go to these venture capitalists, and they're like, hey, guys, here's our idea. We're going to get strangers to use their car and pick up strangers and then drop them off at a strange location. Do you want to invest in our company? What company am I talking about? Uber, Lyft, right? Today, that's not a crazy idea. But not too long ago, eight, ten years ago, like, what? Yeah, I don't know if some of you might have heard me that I have two kids that are in college. When they were little, maybe your parents said the same thing. But I would tell my kids, hey, don't you dare get into a car with a stranger. Because it's dangerous. Especially if it's a white van. Right? And today, as a parent, ah, I don't want to take you to school, son. Just Uber it. Uh, get in a car with a stranger? Yeah. Again, they knew how to sell their vision. You learn how to sell your vision. You learn how to do these four things, and you're going to have a kick butt ability to just bam, be on point on purpose. First impressions. Hello. First impressions. Okay. I want to help you elaborate a little bit on that why statement. Okay. First impressions when you meet someone, right, for the first time. What do most people ask? You know, what do you do? Or in your case, if they know you're in college, you know, here, what's your major? Okay? That's usually that comes out of people's mouth. Let me give you a way to help you answer that. First off, most people answer with who am I or what do I do? I used to be the president and CEO of my local chamber of commerce for almost seven years. And when you asked me what I did, this was my answer. I'm the president and CEO of the Mountain View Chamber of Commerce. We support and advocate on behalf of our members to create a more robust business community. Like, what the heck does that mean? Most people don't even know what a chamber of commerce does. Robust business community? Like, I'm, I feel like I'm coming across like I'm trying to impress you. Like, what are you supposed to do? Bow down and be like, oh, thank you, Oscar, for because if it wasn't for the chamber of commerce, I don't know where our city would be. No. Instead, what I encourage you to do, look up Simon Sinek's TEDx talk on YouTube. It's called Golden Circle. You don't even have to watch it. Listen to it. I don't even watch YouTube. I listen to it. Okay? It's a 17-minute talk. And what he does is he talks about... Yeah, what he talks about is, in that, case, in that scenario, he's talking about companies. And he uses examples like IBM Dell and compares them to a company like Apple. I would also include Samsung in there. And what he says with these other companies, what they do is whenever they release a product or a new service is, is that they lead with what the product does, um, uh, how it does it. Think of it like Samsung, right? Samsung comes out with their Galaxy uh, 10, and they tell us all the bells and whistles of the pen, the screen, resolution, the megapixels on the camera, all that type of stuff. Yet Apple, when they release their next iPhone, they lead with why, meaning the experience of that phone. 
Next time you drive down the freeway and you see a billboard for an iPhone, notice that all it says is the name of the phone, picture of the phone, and then um, Verizon, T-Mobile, or whoever is probably paying for that billboard. That is it. Yet when was the last time you saw uh, a line for the next release of the Samsung Galaxy phone? I've never heard of it. But for the iPhone, some of you probably stood in line and will again and again. It's like a cult. All right, why? Because it's that experience. So what does that mean in terms of us when we are meeting someone then for the first time or a job or career? I want you to think of your why statement. It's a short little statement, okay? This is what I mean. First off, again, this is how people will answer it, right? So, John, what do you do? You know, what's your major? What do you do? Oh, I'm majoring in marketing, more specifically communications. Like, okay. Most of us are polite and we'll be like, oh, okay, that sounds good. Like, but what if instead John answered it like this? John, what's, what do you do? Well, I bring clarity to marketing mumbo jumbo. Now, I am not saying that that's the right answer, but just by the look in some of your faces, that's different. That stands out. That kind of begs then, like, what do you mean? Tell me more. And that's what you want. You want to create that curiosity. Here's another one, another example. You guys know any of these folks? I'm a computer science major. Great, at least back in the Bay Area and Silicon Valley, thank you for raising my cost of living, okay, because of you. All right? No, what if instead you answered it this way? I figure out how to build the unbuildable in tech. What's the stereotype of, mo of most um, STEM people that are in STEM. Are they introverts or extroverts? Introverts, right? So, again, that's our perception that we have, right? First impressions kind of our biases. So if you know that someone is, a, you know, computer science major, and they answer it like this, I don't know about you, but I'd be like, one, that's hecka funny. Two, damn, she's got a personality, which is kind of like contrary to what our biases are of Computer science means you send people. What does that mean? That means you stand out. You, are you guys getting my drift of where I'm going with this about standing out? Here's mine. I empower you so opportunities come to you. I was at an event listening to a speaker, standing room only, about a year and a half ago. The dean of workforce development at one of the community colleges um, was there, and uh, he was standing behind me, and I turned around, and we hadn't seen each other in several months. And he asked me, Oscar, what do you do? And because I know that he works with students, I changed it up a little bit. I said, I empower students so opportunities come to them. And he's like, what do you mean? And I went ahead and I told him, true story. He said, do you have a business card? I gave him my business card, and within five minutes of parting ways, he got on his cell phone, emailed his executive assistant, copied me on the email, and said to her, can you please schedule a meeting with Oscar? I want to talk to him about an opportunity with our organization. Like, who doesn't want to be in that position? Right? No, you're wise Because what if I would have said, oh, I started my own business. Oh, okay. All right, let's get into some profile, okay, some basics. Um, I'm going to get to some basics and some more advanced stuff just because we have a mix of people in here. But number one, on your LinkedIn profile, make sure you add a professional looking photo. And I do not, 
you don't have to, if you have the opportunity, but you don't have to, um, you know, you can get a professional photographer. You don't have to nowadays with your cell phone. Just get a headshot and smile. But Oscar, I hate my smile. I know, dude, so do I. When I worked at the chamber, I was like, God has a sense of humor. It's like all these ribbon cutting ceremonies, events, public lines, taking pictures. I'm like, ah, oh. I honestly like, oh my gosh, I hate my smile. I practiced. There used to be a joke in my office with my staff, like, oh, there's Oscar with his chamber smile. Yeah, because later on I would look at those pictures and be like, oh, I hate it the way I look. And I honestly, I honestly did practice. You know, today, hey, you want to take your picture with me? I got it down. All right. But why? Because when you smile, you come across friendly. Some of you guys think you're friendly or, you're, or think you look friendly. You need to look in the mirror. Because I'm looking at you right now. That's not true. Next, right underneath your, your name, that rectangle blue box that you see is what LinkedIn calls a headline. Or another way to think of it is like a tagline. If I say the phrase, just do it, Nike obviously comes to mind. Right? Now, here's, let me first tell you what not to do. First, don't put student up there. Like, is that your brand? That's what you're doing. Secondly, don't put actively seeking opportunities. Like, dude, you're coming across like you're begging to be hired. And I'm going to give you an inside scoop, okay? Companies don't give a rip that you're looking for an opportunity. They have a need, and they're looking for the best candidate to fill that need, period. Don't care that you're up to your eyeballs with student debt or whatever. Okay? So what can you do? Let me give you a couple um, scenarios. One is you can come up with some keywords. What kind of keywords? Look, do a Google search for three to five job descriptions of positions that you're interested in. Just grab a yellow highlighter, highlight all the different skills, and look for the, the common skills across the board, whatever those are. You know, Java, HTML, or you know, you know, business analytics, whatever it is, you know, depending on your, your, your field. And take, as long as you have some knowledge of those skills, take anywhere from three to five of those skills and put them up there. If you look at my profile, you see that that's what I've done. I've done keyword. And I just put like little, whatever you call it, that little bar to separate the, the keywords. Okay? So that's one way that you can do it. The other way that you can do it is coming up with a short little phrase. I don't recommend this for those of you that are on the technical side, okay? But those of you that are more maybe liberal arts, you can do this. When I worked at LinkedIn, my short little phrase was building, I did community relations there. And my short phrase was building community through public and private partnerships. Kind of gave you an, enough of an idea what I did, but it left you wanting more. The other way, the third way, very simple way that you can do it is just put the, use the word aspiring. That's actually a very powerful word. Aspiring mechanical engineer. Aspiring aerospace engineer, etc. All right? But don't just do it. Or also, if you don't change it, the default is whatever your most recent position is. If you're working at Starbucks as a barista, it's going to say barista up there. Okay. Next, your summary. I'm going to be honest with you. It's probably going to be the hardest thing to write. It's kind of like when you write a personal statement. All right. Your summary, though, I encourage you to write it like um, it's a personal story. Imagine you and I are sitting across the table at Starbucks. We're meeting each other for the first time. And I'm like, 
So John, tell me about yourself. Well, Oscar, you know what? Um, I'm a second year student at Orange Coast College, uh, majoring in computer science. Uh, in the fall, I'm going to be transferring to UC Irvine. I hope to major in blah, 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 because I'm looking down the road to work in whatever industry. I mean, that's how the conversation would typically go, right? Okay. There are three questions that I encourage you to answer in your summary. Number one is, who are you? By that, I mean, what are some of your personality traits? List some of those. Number two, what do you do? That is the personal career journey story that I just shared with you. And then number three, your why. Why do you do what you do? Your, your passion, your cause, your belief. What I mentioned earlier, okay? Now, let me show you an example of how not to write a summary. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but this person says, educator, teacher, administrator, manager, consultant, with experience in board governance, nonprofit, corporate, international business development, public and private higher education, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, stop. Obviously, this person has a lot of experience. But the way he's written it, I think he's, what he's trying to do is game the LinkedIn algorithm by putting all the right buzzwords, keywords in there. But that's, it's a, it's a combination of having certain keywords, but also writing in a way where it's engaging. Okay. This example, first off, notice under Angelica's name, she's got aspiring professor of ethnic studies. So we already know what she wants to, to do, what she wants to be. She says, I'm a student at California State University in Monterey Bay who aspires to one day become a professor of ethnic studies. My goal as a future educator is to help create an engaging, creative, and strong educational foundation for future generations. My passion for education has been an ongoing cause as I'm a volunteer for organizations such as Mesa de la Comunidad and City of Mountain View's Youth Advisory Committee. By pursuing my passion for academia, I hope to expand my horizons and gain more insight into a world of limitless possibilities. Short, concise, to the point. She answers the three questions that I mentioned earlier. Also, does she have any experience being a college professor? No, she wants to be one. What did I tell you about selling your vision? Most of you in here complain, and I purposely use the word complain because you shouldn't think that way. Complain that you can't compete with old farts like myself because we have more experience. No, yeah, you can. Because this homeboy right here doesn't know how to market himself, despite the fact that he has a lot of experience. Angelica, on the contrary, you read her summary, and you're like, damn. And if she reached out to me and asked for an introduction to one of my contacts, I'd read her summary. I'm like, sorry to be so blunt, but I'd be like, shit, she's badass. Hell yeah, I'll make an introduction. And folks, the first step to getting hired at a company is get the interview. This dude can't even get on deck. I showed you, if I showed you his picture, probably in his mid-50s. See, this is how one way that you, learn, you can compete with other people out there. Know how to market yourself. Education, okay? Obviously, you know, college education here, you know, high school. But you also, what I encourage you, especially, again, those of you that are in the uh, more technical or, you know, accounting and so forth, depending on the opportunities, Highlight some of the courses that you've taken that are relevant to those opportunities that you're applying. Don't make people guess or try to figure out if you've taken uh, uh, some relevant courses. Work experience. Unless you work for a well-known company, you know, whatever, Facebook, Google, or whatever, write one or two sentences describing what that company does, and then talk about your roles and responsibilities. Um, I'll give you a tip. 
do a, again a Google search for positions that you that you either have or have had, and um, assuming you've done that work, just copy some of that wording. Okay. Also, make sure that you add examples of your work. This is where you can add uh, multimedia pictures, videos, PowerPoint presentations. Why? Because, folks, it's common sense. When you write your resume or your profile, we're all going to say positive things about ourselves. So if everyone's saying positive things, what becomes a differentiator? Examples of your work. But Oscar, um, I don't really have anything. Dude, OK, listen, I don't care if you work at Starbucks, OK? Can you like get one of your coworkers to like, you stand in front of that register and have another coworker pretend they're a customer, and they just have that other coworker take a picture of you. Yeah, Oscar, but that sounds kind of hokey. Like, dude, only the three of you are gonna know. My point is, is that unless you can really get an actual customer, my point is show something where you are in your environment, doing something. If you work in an office, sit in front of that darn computer and have someone take a picture of you. Something as simple as that, let alone more examples, but showcase, show me. Also, if some of you aren't able to work because for financial reasons or whatever other the reason is, you know, responsibilities that you have, I call it, you know, non-traditional work, okay? Let me show you some examples of how you can still highlight that, right? Hey, let's say you babysit your little brother, cousins, or whatever. Okay, so you're a babysitter. Guess what? On your resume or your LinkedIn profile, you're a child care provider. What does a child care provider do? Babysit. It's just that child care provider sounds more professional. Any of you ever translate? Translated for your family or whatever? Man, the minute I learned how to speak English, second semester, or second half of kindergarten, I became my parents' translator. I went all over the place. I was a translator until my parents passed away. Guess what? On my resume or LinkedIn profile, interpreter translator. Here's another one. I help with my family, uh, family business. My dad was a butcher in Mexico. We did that on the weekends, totally illegal. Got busted by health department several times. <laughs> okay. And uh, anyways, um, depending on the type of work that I did, I could have called myself operations manager and listed the activities. Okay, Oscar, I get it, okay, that's, okay, okay, I get how you're coming up with these titles, but what about the description, like, what is it that I say? Uh, Google it. Here's an example. I went online, and I literally Googled translator, interpreter. In that blue rectangle box, I read that primary responsibility, and it said, facilitate effective communication between two parties that do not speak a similar language by converting one spoken or, or, uh, or written language to another. And when I read that description, I'm like, <laughs> damn, that sounds really good. That's like total professional. I would, what I would do is I would kind of copy some of that wording and put it under the description. Because if you don't add some of what you consider non-important work or like how do I describe it, you're going to come across like you have a gap in your resume or your LinkedIn profile. And people are going to, it's going to be a red flag. Like, dude, what do you do? Like, what are you watching? Like Game of Thrones, you know, chapter seven through eight? And that's what you do? No. Freaking helping out, babysitting, translating for my family, learning some life skills. Skills and endorsements. I don't care if it's the first time you've done something. First time you, whatever, public speaking, bam, it goes up there. Now, over time, 
your network will endorse you, meaning they'll say yes. They just basically click and say yes, Oscar has public speaking skills. Now, be a giver, not a taker. You endorse other people's skills because they get notified. And typically what happens is people then reciprocate that. Okay? And if you do any volunteer work, same thing. Okay? Add your volunteer experience, name of the organization, a little bit description of what you do. Why? Because oftentimes employers view volunteer experience just as important as your regular work experience, especially where you're at right now in your early in your career, okay? If you belong to any organizations, same thing, list them. If you speak other languages, list those languages, indicate your level of uh, proficiency. And then lastly, recommendations. You need to be connected with people in order for them to write you a recommendation. Um, when someone writes you a recommendation, you have three options. Number one, accept it as is, and it goes on your profile. Number two, if you want them to make some changes, reply back and tell them what those changes are. Number three, you can flat out reject the recommendation. So you have total control of what shows up on your profile. Now, when you do reach out to people for a recommendation, give them some parameters, some guidance of what you want them to write. Don't just say, Oscar, can you write me a recommendation? No. Instead, hey, Oscar, remember that um, career uh, week uh, you know, networking event uh, that I volunteered? Can you talk about my event planning skills? Ah, okay. And people usually will write just a short little paragraph or something. Okay? All right. So now we've got our brand. We got our profile looking sharp. Now let's talk about connecting uh, with people. When do you connect with people? Best time to connect with people is right after you met them. Okay? Who do you connect with? Connect with alumni. I recommend that you go onto the LinkedIn uh, Orange Coast uh, College page, and there's a tab on the left that says alumni, and find alumni that are in the industry that you're interested in, and connect with them. People, alumni are really receptive to connecting with you. I went to Berkeley. So, right, people from uh, Cal, students or whatever, they reach out or whoever, and it's like, yeah, we got that common bond there. Go Bears, okay? Professors, school administrators, current and past employers, mutual connections, industry professionals, friends and classmates. I'm going to show you in a little bit some examples of some sample templates of messages that you can send out to people. Now, when you send out an invitation to connect, I encourage you to follow the five Ps, okay? That is be polite, pertinent, personalize it, professional, and praiseful. Let me tell you something about being professional. Knock it off with the hay. I'm not your friend, at least not yet. I need to earn your trust and respect, and you do too. Until then, I'm okay if you say, hello, Oscar, hi, Oscar, or if you want to be more formal, hello, Mr. Garcia. I'm not okay with your hay. Once we get to know each other, then we can fist pump, high five, whatever. We'll drink some beers, okay? If you're 21 and older, okay? Here's some examples, okay? Say so you want to connect with Andy. Hello, Andy. I see you're a Cal alumni and work in the mortgage industry. I'm a junior at UC Berkeley, majoring in business administration. I'm impressed with your career journey. Would appreciate the opportunity to have a 10 to 15 minute call to learn more about your industry. If possible, I'd like to connect with you on LinkedIn. Thanks, Oscar. Short and sweet. You're reading your newsfeed, and someone in your network shares an article from someone you're not connected with, and you want to connect with that person. Hello, Sarah. Trust us in by finding the best of health. Thank you for sharing your article, Networking Rise from a Pro. It's interesting. I'd like to add you to my professional network on LinkedIn. Let's stay connected. 
Okay. Now it's time to show up to the gym. Right? Most people treat LinkedIn like a gym membership. You guys don't know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Man, worst time, I belong to 24-hour fitness back home, and worst time is the beginning of the year. Because all the wannabes, New Year's resolutions, I'm going to lose weight, blah, 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 whatever. You know, but I realized, just be patient, Oscar, February 22nd, I'm going to stop going. Sure enough, right around February, mid-February, 5.30 in the morning, I walked into the gym. I'm like, I don't have to wait for the treadmill? Oh, yes. They're not coming anymore. Most people set up their LinkedIn profile, and I get it. You don't know how to use it, or you only use it as a job board. You get your job or your internship. You're like, I'm cool. No, dude, be building interesting relationships. So share content. I encourage you to follow the rule of thirds, not just on LinkedIn, but even across other social media. The rule of thirds says a third of what you share should be about your personal brand. I believe in taking care of the environment. I believe we shouldn't use straws because they're killing the poor turtles. But that's not my brand. So therefore, I don't share articles about that. Two, share articles of your area of interest, your major industry that you want to go into. And then thirdly, share other people's content. We already do that on other social media platforms. You know that silly video that your friend posted and you reshared it? Or that meme? You're doing that already. When you do it on LinkedIn, guess what? That person gets notified, and it's a nice, subtle way to be staying in touch with them instead of like constantly in their face. Where do you find content? Set up some news alerts. Google News Alerts or whatever it is that you use. You can also use apps. I use an app called Flipboard. It's free. Pocket is another one. Set up those keywords. Every time there's an article that, that comes up that has those keywords, it goes into those categories. And literally, I just open up my app. Boop, 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 boop. Oh, boom, share. Social media. Some cases, I take stuff from Instagram to LinkedIn, LinkedIn to Instagram, Twitter, whatever. Okay? And then lastly, create it yourself. What do you mean, Oscar? This is what I mean. Okay? Upper right. That's a picture of me. I gave a talk. Someone took that picture. Shared it with me. I used an app called Adobe Spark Post. There's a bunch of other Canva, a bunch of others, okay? And I put that quote with my Twitter handle and I shared it. I encourage you to take that little step to add a little more uh, pizzazz to the images that you share. Because what most people do, pay attention next time on social media, they'll just take that raw picture and share it. Stand out, folks. It's like when you buy someone a birthday present. Do you just hand that person the, 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 the birthday present in that bag that you bought it? No. What do we do? Gift wrap it. We put a bow on it. We buy a birthday card, right? Yes? No? Or you guys do what I just said? Guys, maybe that's why some of you guys are single. I don't know. No. Of course, you know, you wrap it up. Same thing. That picture, put that wrapping paper, put the bow and share it. Infographics is another way. Why infographics? They're simple, colorful, draws people's attention. What do I write about, Oscar? Dude, okay, let me, t let me say this to you. If your professor tomorrow said, okay, class, on Monday, here's the assignment. Computer science majors, I want you to put together an infographic with three points on how an incoming student at OCC 
can succeed in as a computer science major. Just three points, whatever those are. It could be, it could be one word for each point, or a sentence, or whatever it is. Just come up with an info. It's due Monday. Is that a hard assignment? I mean, hey man, tell me who that professor is, because I'll take him or her every time, man. That's a real easy assignment. Then why aren't you doing it? Why do you need to wait for someone to tell you to do it? Take the initiative and go out there. Also, when you create content, don't just create content for the sake of creating content, folks. It's about engagement. Do you guys ever know people on your social media that share a lot and like no one ever comments about it? Like I kind of feel sorry for those people, okay? I mean, in a way, I'm kind of saying like, shut up, okay? But engagement, what do I mean by that? Here's an example. I am not connected to this person. This person, all they did was take a picture in front of the LinkedIn sign, logo. And she shared this post and she said, nine months ago, students were questioning my presence on LinkedIn. Now they're asking me for advice on how to get started. Blah, 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 blah. Okay? When I took a screenshot, she had over 2,400 likes, 156 comments. Those of you that are into statistics and math, what are the odds that she at least got one interview from those numbers? Really high. Okay? Next. This person, again, I'm not connected, he shared this uh, about three weeks ago. He said, my father grew up in the, uh, uh, in the uh, Durandacks, working and living in a small restaurant with his family. He never graduated high school and has done hard physical labor his whole life to support us. My mother used to bounce checks to feed my three brothers and I. He got a job at Accenture, and he shared this post. When I read that, I'm like, damn, this guy's like pretty bold, man, He's talking to us about how his mom bounced checks, okay? Almost 1,600 likes, 125 comments, okay? See, some of you need to share part of your story, part of your struggle. Video is also a very powerful way to do it. Many of you make video. Some of you are even majoring in video. Let me show you this as an example. So I created that video and I shared it on LinkedIn and other social media platforms. Wait, what? What, Oscar? You told people on LinkedIn, that professional platform, that your mother is undocumented? That you're an ESL student on the free and reduced lunch? Yeah, I did. Why? Because that's my story. I can't change it and I sure hell don't want to change it because it's helped me be who I am today. And if you don't like it, A, don't watch it. I'm okay with that. If you really don't like it, me, unfollow me or whatever the heck LinkedIn calls it, because, sorry, Krishma, I don't give a shit. Some of you, 
need to have the cojones to go out there. Like, so what? You've gone through some challenges. We've all gone through challenges. We all go through crap. Crap stinks. But it's also fertilizer. Is it manure fertilizer? What do you think it is, Snickers? Here's the thing, okay? The vulnerability, I, mean, I love this, okay? My generation, right, us all fogies, I just turned 50 not too long ago, right? We're all kind of like, my dad, hey son, don't you dare air out our dirty laundry. Don't be telling people about what's going on you know, in our family. Okay, okay, dad, you, you, you got it, okay, I won't. Some of you in here, you guys are on the other end of the spectrum. You guys are like way oversharing stuff on social media. Can't even tell you're an onion, either way. But there's a happy medium in the middle, and that's what I'm trying to share with you. You can be professional and still be vulnerable and general, genuine, okay? And I get it, folks. Being vulnerable is a process. I am not here in no way telling you you need to dive off and just like, ah, no. But take some little baby steps, just like those two other examples that I showed you. Now, I encourage you to follow the three R's of being vulnerable. Be real, okay? One of the reasons why I'm not active like on Facebook is because most people on Facebook, man, it's so phony, stuff that they post, right? The right picture up at this height, now I realize, makes you look skinny. Really? Or the guy that posts pictures, you know, spring break with the six pack. All right, dude, wait until you turn 40, okay? See how your six pack's gonna look, all right? No, instead, what, what I wanna know is, tell me the challenges you went through, how you overcame those challenges, and the lessons that you've learned. I'm okay that you still post your picture of your six pack. I really am. But tell me some other stuff. Think of a time when you've met someone that you highly regard, respect, and they open up and they share some of their struggles. And you're like, wow, I had no idea. All of a sudden, you have a newfound respect for that person. Be relatable. Know who your audience is and adjust your message accordingly. I give these talks to high school students, college students, professional salespeople. And based on my audience, I, I adjust my message, okay? And then lastly, be respectful. Here's an example of being real, relatable, and respectful. This is my mom. Like I mentioned, I lost my parents almost four years ago. Uh, I made that picture. In case you don't know what la chingona means, in, in English it means badass. So my mother, the badass, la chingona, being a chingona isn't by accident. We're enamored with the success of sports athletes, founders, and CEOs, yet we forget that our own family tree, we have acres of diamonds. She wasn't a CEO, but she, was an she, but she was an entrepreneur. She wasn't college educated, but she was intelligent. She wasn't a keynote speaker, but she motivated others. She wasn't salesperson of the year, but she could sell. She wasn't a leader, but she influenced others. She was a chingona, badass. She is my mother. Yeah, I shared that on LinkedIn, too. Over 5,000 views. Okay, you guys continue to be afraid to even share something. See how far that gets you. All right, internships and jobs. First off, I'm going to break several things in here, okay? What I encourage you to do, and just for, for the sake of time, I don't have the time to do it uh, right now because we've got to be out of here by 1230. But on LinkedIn, up on that upper left at sh uh, on the desktop, or if you have the mobile app, just right up at the very top, is the search field. Look up contacts and companies. When you, you know, people that are in your industry and literally start from the bottom 
of their profile and see what areas of interest, where they went to school, what their major was, what type of work, you know, companies that they worked at, et cetera, and so forth. You will learn a lot of information from people. Same thing on companies, okay? Now, follow up and follow through. What do I mean? So, first off, I don't like statistics like all that type of stuff, but this is a really interesting. This, this slide says here, or my point to this is, is that it says 48% of salespeople never follow up with a prospect. How did that relate to us here? If I, if, if I gave you all five contacts that I told you, I already talked to them, they're waiting for you to reach out to them and whatever, do an informational interview or they're looking to hire. That first statistic says that half of you wouldn't even reach out to them, even though I warmed them up for you. The other half will probably reach out once, maybe twice, and then they won't respond to you, and you're going to like, oh, I don't want to bother them. You know, I did reach out to them, but, you know, I don't want to be a pest. No, that last statistic says 80% of sales are made on the 5th to 12th contact. So that means that you have to be professional and be persistent in reaching out to people. I have messages from people that I haven't followed up on, and I feel guilty. Email and message etiquette, okay? Here's some, some tips. First off, folks, make sure you have an appropriate email address. OscarPapichulo at gmail.com does not cut it. Change it. Have a clear subject line. Proofread it. Add an email signature. Why? If you ever notice, on businesses, there's always people tend to have an email signature on the bottom, right? So add it for yours. Nowadays, you can remove it or add it depending on the actual email that you're going to send. It just makes it look more professional. Also, very few people put their email signature or create one, okay? And then lastly, keep it brief. Here's an example. Subject line, opportunity at Google, right? Most people look at the email now on, 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 on their phone. So, okay, I know what you're talking about. Hello, Melissa. My name is Oscar Garcia. I'm a senior at UC Berkeley interested in applying at Google. I was referred to you by Professor Wendy Hart <clears throat> as a Cal alumni. Uh, now working at Google, I welcome the opportunity to speak with you about your career journey. Please let me know if you're available for a 15 to 20 minute call either next Tuesday or Friday between 2 and 5. Feel free to suggest other dates and times. My email address is blah, 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 phone number, blah, blah, blah. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks, Oscar. What I also want to point out is right here towards the end where it says, please let me know if you're available for 15. Folks, that is a very critical piece. What do I mean by that? You need to be assertive. This is your future, own it. Because you know what most people will do in this email, the way they will write it? They won't include that. Instead, they'll say, feel free to suggest other, uh, a date and time that works for you. No, you know what? I'm going to own it, and I'm going to take the bull by the horn and be like, hey, here's some dates and times. Because oftentimes, believe it or not, for professionals, we're so busy. We're like, oh, just give me some parameters, OK? It's one less thing I have to think about. But I'm also being respectful. And on the next line, I say, feel free to suggest other dates and times. And then there's the email signature. Obviously, I made that up because I want to show you. And I also have my LinkedIn profile uh, link there. And it's expanded so you can see it. Normally, I would hyperlink it. Okay. Another example on LinkedIn, Okay, 
Um, hello, Melissa. I see that you're connected to Elizabeth Parker, and she works at Facebook. I'm a junior at UCLA, major in the STEM field. I'm interested in applying for an internship. Would you be willing to introduce me to Elizabeth? I want to learn more about her industry and working at Facebook. Folks, I'm telling you, you send out these type of messages, and I'm not saying it's 100% guaranteed, because nothing is, but you're going to get a high percent, especially if you're sending these type of messages to your alumni. Informational interview, okay? You guys know what an information, oh, let me ask you this. Who doesn't know what an informational interview is? Raise your hand. Okay, informational interview is when you reach out to someone just strictly to get information about their career, the company they work at, et cetera. That's what informational interview. You're not asking for a job, okay? Let me give you a, uh, an outline. So, one, make sure you research the company and the contact. Number two, be prepared to give your why pitch. We talked about that in the beginning. Number three, be positive. Number four, ask and answer questions. Hence, that's why you do your research, not just on LinkedIn, but other social media platforms, okay? And then lastly, make sure that you send a thank you email. Now, here's the thing. Another subtle tip. When you are on that phone call or maybe grabbing coffee with that person, somewhere in that conversation, I want you to do this. Interrupt them. What? Yes. And I want you to say this. Hey, Oscar, you know what? Thank you for your time. Before we continue, I have a question for you. Yes, Mohammed. Is there anything I can do for you? Now, you're probably thinking, what the heck can I do for a professional? Probably nothing. And that's not the point. The point is that you have the audacity to think about their needs. Folks, I have done, helped almost 7,000 people over the last two, three years. I've done close to 300 talks. You want to know the number of times someone asked me in the audience if they can help me? Less than 20 out of that percentage. I can tell you who all those people are, those 19, not the 7,000, okay? They stand out in my mind. And therefore, when an opportunity comes up, guess who I think of first? Them. Right? Think about it. Holiday season comes around. I know it's summer almost, you know, nice, beautiful weather here. But think back, you know, last holiday season, right? You invite your friend over for whatever, Thanksgiving dinner, family dinner, and you guys are done with dinner. And uh, your parents are like, hey, you know what? You guys, uh, we got it. We're going to clean up. Why don't you guys go over to the living room, and we'll be right there. We'll play some board games, whatever, watch, you know, TV or movie or whatever. And your friend, number one, gets up and just walks over to the couch and sits or rear around on it and, you know, waiting for everyone to finish cleaning up. Okay? Hold that thought. Friend number two, same scenario, finishes dinner, and he or she picks up their plate, goes over to the uh, kitchen sink and, like, looking for the sponge, and it's like, it's going to start helping clean up. Who are, are your parents more like, most likely to have you invite over again? Friend number one or friend number two? Number two, right? It's obvious. Why do most of you then act like friend number one? Here's the strategy, okay, in terms of applying for internships and jobs. One, I highly encourage you to put together a target list of 10 to 20 companies that you really, really want to apply. Quit throwing a bunch of mud up against the wall. I have had people, some friends who are like, Oscar, man, I applied to 60 jobs. I'm like, Dude, like, how many times do you need to 
hit your head up against that wall to realize that's not a door. It's over there. Don't do that. Narrow it down. Do your research. LinkedIn and Google Jobs, okay? LinkedIn, I don't, I'm not here to promote that you buy, pay for the, the uh, paid version or whatever, but if you are actively in the hunt, yeah, maybe spend that whatever it is, 30 bucks a month. Do it month to month. As soon as you land your opportunity, you can, if you want, you can cancel it. But also Google, if you log in with your Gmail account, type in Google Jobs, go to that section, you can create queries, very specific queries and alerts. And so every time there is a job that fits that criteria, you get emailed. And Google searches LinkedIn, Indeed, Glassdoor, and a bunch of other job, online job boards. Okay, and again, it's free. On LinkedIn, whether it's the mobile app or on the desktop, make sure you go into the career interest section, turn that on. What that does is it, <coughs> it alerts uh, recruiters that you're actively looking, but there's also some other uh, features in there, um, industries, et cetera, that you can also uh, create in, same thing, uh, LinkedIn will notify you of opportunities. Informational interviews, I already told you, identify the recruiter hiring manager, okay? And then lastly, folks, attend events like, like this and other events. You just never know who you are gonna come across. And not that that person is necessarily going to be the one uh, that's gonna do the hiring, but they might know someone, okay? All right, I'm gonna leave you with this, what I call a LinkedIn weekly plan, okay? It's a lot of information. What I want you to do is slowly take some baby steps to kind of build that muscle, all right? Here it is, okay? I only want you to spend 10 minutes or less a day doing each of these activities, literally 10 minutes or less, okay? So you can start tomorrow, or if you want to wait on Monday, that's fine too. But on Monday, I want you to reach out to three to five contacts. And these are people that you have not spoken to in at least six months. If it's even longer, two or three years, even better. What? What do I say to them, Oscar? Like, I feel bad reaching out to them. Keep it simple. <coughs> Sarah, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry I dropped the ball. Man, it's been, you know, about three years since we last talked. I know we're connected on LinkedIn. Hey, just want to say hello, see how you're doing. That's it. Three to five. Why? Because you want to build and nourish relationships. Don't ask them for anything. Because what's going to happen is they're going to reply back to you, and they might, at that point, ask you that same question. Hey, Oscar, what are you up to? What's going on? And then at that point, you know, kind of keep that fostering, building, rebuilding that uh, relationship. On Tuesday, like, comment, or share a post. Folks, liking a, a comment takes like two seconds. So if you want to stare at your mobile screen or your desktop for nine minutes and 58 seconds and then hit like, fine, okay? Comment. What, Oscar, what do I say? Hey, Oscar, thank you very much for sharing this article. I found it really helpful. That's it. Later on, you get more used to it, more into it. Maybe you can add more value, more in-depth, okay? And then lastly, sharing a post. The reason why this is last is because it takes more effort. You gotta find the article, you gotta kind of preface it with something you're gonna say and, and share it. So like, comment, or share. Wednesday, connect with one to three alumni. I already told you, okay, build your network, okay? Thursday, online learning. What? Oscar, I already do a lot of reading. I, I mean, hello, we're in, we're in college, Oscar, like, right? Listen, some of you need to learn certain skills. Some of you need to learn some soft skills, people skills, leadership skills, et cetera. 
Doing it online makes it easy, e a lot easier. I don't like to read. I fall asleep. But what I started to do a little over two years ago is audiobooks. And so in the morning, when I'm getting ready to walk out the door, that 20, 30 minutes it takes me, turn on my Bluetooth speaker, listen to a book. In two years, I'd listened to over 50 books. I don't know if you know this, but a college professor on average reads six books a year. Well, yeah, Oscar, but what's your retention rate if you're listening to books? I don't know, Fred. Maybe it's 10%. Not much. But my 10% is greater than your zero. What's your next excuse? Lastly, update your profile. Some of you need to open an account. Some of you already have an account, and based on what we talked about earlier, you're going to need to make some changes. I even still make some changes. I made some changes to it about two weeks ago. Okay, 10 minutes or less a day. Because, again, I want you to build that, that muscle. It's like, again, going back to the gym. I hate treadmill and running. I really do. Okay, But if my trainer said, hey, Oscar, you know what? You need to do some cardio, dude, Okay, because heart disease runs in your family. Your mom and dad both died of a heart attack. Your butt needs to get on that cardio. And, uh, and I show up to the gym, and he has me run for an hour when I don't run. I'm not going to wake up probably, or I mean, I'm not going to get out of bed for probably a week. I'm going to be so sore. But if he says, hey, Oscar, touch this. It's a treadmill. Oh, OK. Hey, dude, you're done. Go. <laughs> awesome. I'll be back the next day. Because I'm like, I need to try that dial. That's why I want just 10 minutes or less. OK? Yes? Awesome. Thank you. OK, I'm going to leave you with this. And like I said, uh, for those of you that showed up uh, a little bit later, um, I'm going to stick around until 3 o'clock today. Um, if you're interested in some one-on-one 30-minute -on -one, uh, consultation, I'll be available. I think we're just going to be outside in one of the canopy areas. Just put your name uh, up there, or just come up and uh, let me know, OK? But um, I'm going to leave you with this. It's going to be my contact info as well. You can connect with me on LinkedIn and so forth. But with this quote, people are enamored with success, but disdain the journey to success. Man, we all want the results, but we don't want to put in the effort. I'm going to tell you something here, okay? And I'm not here to be mean or anything like that to you. 98% of you in here are not going to do what I tell you. Only about 2% will. Fine, okay? I'm not Mother Teresa here, all right? I gave you the information. You need to put in the work. I can't do it for you. But if you do what I tell you, you're going to get the results. You're not going to be begging a company. You're going to be like that high school senior who he or she was being recruited. My natural personality is an introvert. I already shared that with you. I know you don't believe it because I've changed. Okay, But you know what? Out of the almost 300 talks that I've done, all of them, Except for one, they asked me if I wanted to come. And I say this with all humility. I was invited to come and speak here. The contract work that I do, the last 10 or 11 gigs, they all came to me and asked me if I wanted to go work on their projects. I don't like applying to jobs. I don't like sales. 
That's why I reversed engineering, hacked it, whatever the heck you want to call this. You do what I tell you, you're going to get the results. Thank you for listening to Career Talk with OG. Be sure to rate us and let us know what content you want to see on our next podcast. For more information, visit our website at www.aspidaconsulting.com.